You're listening to the Brandy Cowgirl Podcast, episode number 20. I'm your host, Sarah Spackman, and today we are going to be talking about ghosting. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we all dread it, we all hate it, and we all do our very best to avoid it. And for those of you who are like super confused on what ghosting actually means, let's just pull out our trusted friend, the Urban Dictionary, for a proper definition. So according to Urban Dictionary, ghosting is when a person cuts off all communication with their friends or the person that they're dating with zero warning or notice beforehand. You'll most likely see them avoiding friends' phone calls, social media, and avoiding them in public. Okay, so that's our definition, but the term ghosting is not just related to friends or family members. Your clients can ghost you too. Have you ever had somebody inquire with you and they'll send you this email, you get super excited and you send them back this super thoughtful email and then all of a sudden it's just crickets. No response, no messages, they pretty much just fell off the face of the planet. Yeah, I've been there too, a time or two actually, and I freaking know how annoying it can be. And unfortunately, I've also been on the other side of it too. Whoops. And uh, you won't like this, but I'm just going to be honest. If your clients are not responding to you, it's more than likely your own fault. I know, I know please don't come at me. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I just want you to see that there may be some things that you can change in order to avoid getting ghosted forever. Like seriously, this is actually really good news because when things fall on us, that means we can change them and control them just a little bit better. So today I'm going to teach you guys five practical ways that you can avoid getting ghosted and start getting those clients responding back promptly to your messages. Are you ready to have your life freaking change today? Okay, well, I'll be, I'll stop being so dramatic. So let's just get into it. Hey, I wanted to interrupt the show for just a second to give you a little pop quiz, but don't worry, it's just one question. All right, how many of your followers are actually seeing your posts? I'll wait. Okay, ready for the answer? Only about 6% of your followers are actually seeing the content that you are working so hard to create. Instagram is such a fun platform to share our brand, but it shouldn't be the only place that we are showing up for our people. Now, I'm going to say something truly wild. Have you ever considered getting an email list? Now, before you scream and kick your feet at me, listen to this. Email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media because you can pop right into your people's inboxes, get your message across without having to hope and pray that the algorithm won't do you dirty. And for the very best part, these emails don't even have to be boring or ugly. Well, at least as long as you are using my absolute favorite email marketing platform, Flowdesk. Flowdesk is changing the freaking game for email marketing. And not only do they make the tech super easy to understand, but it also keeps you on brand so you can show up for your people in cute emails that feel just like you. You don't even have to have a website to start an email list, which is thebomb.com, because Flowdesk has standalone web pages for people to join your list. It's easy to use, and it's pretty. What more could we possibly ask for, right? You can lock yourself in for 50% off Flowdesk for life. Yeah, that's right. I said for life. Enjoy unrestricted features for just $19 per month 
forever. Plus, there's a free trial too. If you're ready to get hooked on Flowdesk, then head to sarahelrod.com slash Flowdesk to claim your discount. That's sarahelrod.com slash F-L-O-D-E-S-K to start sending happy mail today. Hey guys, and welcome to today's little chit chat. I am so pumped to cover this somewhat spicy topic about ghosting. Now, things might just get a little bit sassy and we may be spilling some tea. I honestly don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Okay, never mind. So before we get into the tips for today, I just want to share something with you. I, my friends, am guilty. I am super guilty of ghosting people myself in many areas of life. And honestly, the ones that involve my own wedding, I just feel so terrible about. Like, I could cringe thinking about the fact that there there are some vendors out there who I know I forgot to get back to. But my wedding email inbox is literally flooded and it's kind of overwhelming and it's super hard to keep up with on top of like the 500 business emails that I get every single day and spam and everything else. It's just kind of crazy. So if you're listening to this and you are someone that I have ghosted, I am so sorry. I promise it was not on purpose and like I actually want to just like pop my eyeballs out. I'm so sorry. But that is not all folks. You see... Somewhere out there in the world right now is a boy, a few boys actually, don't judge me, that I have hardcore ghosted. (laughs) Like, I'm talking, we met, I decided it wasn't for me, he apparently did not have the same thoughts, continued to message me like over the top, did not take any hints, and uh, well, I just had to vanish off the face of the earth. Clearly that was my only option, right? (laughs) right? (laughs) Actually, this also happened right when I met Tyler. I was kind of sort of talking to this other guy. And when I saw Tyler, I was like, boy, bye. (laughs) I'm not proud of it. Okay. I'm a better person than I was before. Okay. Ah, yes. Uh, Like I said, terrible human being. Sorry, guys. I honestly don't even know why I'm sharing this with you right now, but it lives in my brain rent-free, so I figured why the heck not since we're on this subject. But today, we are not talking about dating ghosting or friendship ghosting. No, no, we are talking about client ghosting in your business. I want to tell you what causes clients to ghost you and tangible tips that you can do to fix it. Ready for it? Let's go. So tip number one is to solidify your brand. I want you to get super clear on who you serve, what problem you solve for them, and who you are. I want you to get super freaking clear. I said that's so weird. Super freaking clear across all your platforms on social media, your website, or whatever else, you know, that you might have something that explains what you do. And I want you to like be clear on why the thing that you do or the thing that you have why it's beneficial to your specific niche market. Now, you also need to make sure that you are super extreme, how many words, how many times can I say super in like these sentences? (laughs) That you are extremely clear on your overall experience and what that experience is going to look like if someone hires you. This info is something that they need to know before they book with you. So a lot of times I see or hear other entrepreneurs say things like, oh, well, that's like a secret. I don't really want to tell them everything because there's like, you know, there's no surprise. Girl, 
You do not need surprises. You need clients. <laughs> People are not going to book you for the things that they don't know about. So be upfront on social media and talk about what you do and how you do it. And don't worry about like other people copying you because first of all, I can promise you that you probably aren't the only one doing what you're doing anyways. And two, no one is going to be able to do exactly what you do regardless. So you can tell your audience things like the fact that you send, you know, your clients a book or a guide filled with info to show examples of it, you know, once they book you and keep it kind of general, like you don't have to give away all the goodies, but tell them that they're going to receive that. That way there's still an element that, you know, can't be copied. It is somewhat of a surprise as to like how deep that information is actually going to go. It leaves room for your clients to still be shocked at like how much value you're going to provide them, but they are aware that like, okay, part of the reason why this costs this much is because I'm also going to get this thing and like that, you know, increases your value and it makes you more worth the money. Now, this is, again, how you're going to prove to your clients why they should book with you instead of someone else. Like, you have to prove what makes you different. Another way to look at this is your brand is who you are, not just what you offer. And no one can copy who you are as a person. When you start showing up with your personality and showing your face and just giving insight into your daily life, people are going to start to fall in love with you for you, who you are, and what you stand for. And sometimes that's the only true difference between our business and someone else's who's in the same industry as us. So don't ever feel like you're in competition with someone else either, because at the end of the day, they are never going to be exactly the same as you. So here's a little mindset shift to kind of go along with this too. We need to stop thinking that getting a ton of inquiries from a whole bunch of variety of people is the end goal. The goal should be to super niche down and specifically market to a smaller group of people who you can serve the best. And mostly or only have those people that inquire with you, you know, that is your dream clients. Um, because those are the people that are going to be way more likely to book you anyways. You want to work with people who are absolutely obsessed with you and what your branding is all about. Like how amazing would it be to have people in your inbox, you know, inquiring with you that say things like, oh my gosh, I am all in with you, girlfriend, before you even send over their pricing. They just have fallen in love with your personality and like who you are as a person so much that they don't even care what you charge because they just know that they have to have you. That feel pretty dang good, right? And it's totally possible when you can start to create this solid brand foundation. Tip number two is to speak to only one person at a time. Stop trying to talk to everyone and start just talking to one single person. Like when you hop on your Instagram stories, don't just go into panic sales mode where you're like, OMG, I have five spots open. Please book me. I don't even care who you are. No, 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 negative, hard pass, do not do this. The more desperate you act, the more your value is gonna go down. Even if you are kind of panicking, trying, you know, just try to conceal that and keep pushing out value and providing value to one particular person. When I say that, obviously like on Instagram, you have, you know, however many followers you have. But I mean, when you hop on your stories, try not to be super general as if you're talking to all 1,000 people, 100 people, however many followers you have, try to talk to your camera like you're talking to just one person, like your best friend on FaceTime. And I say your best friend because there's a good chance that 
you know, that is someone who you would like to work with, somebody that is your best friend. Um, you're obviously best friends for a reason, but I mean, even if that's not true, whatever your ideal client is, that's who we want to be talking to, who we want to serve. So if you want to be a Western wedding photographer, stop offering tips to people who are getting married in the city. Don't post content that is specifically caters to you know, people that get married in the city. Some of your wedding tips might be a little more generalized, but you should specifically be offering value for people getting married on ranches, in barns, like whatever that looks like, or, you know, that want to have this certain type of wedding that's not just, you know, very broad information. Um, and, you know, if you're not a family photographer, if you hate doing family sessions, don't post about family sessions. Don't offer tips or tricks or advice for family sessions. Don't even talk about family sessions. You know, if you're, this applies to everything else too. If you're a personal trainer and you only want to work with women that are like in their 40s and 50s, don't give advice to uh, men that are in their 20s or, you know, men that are in their 30s or men in general if you don't want to work with men or don't give advice to women if you only want to work with men. Um, make your, your content super clear on who it is that you are talking to. And if you are a graphic designer who only likes to edit logos and you hate designing websites or something, I honestly don't know. I'm just trying to make examples here. Then don't talk about websites. Make content specifically surrounding the creation process of logos. Um, you're not only doing yourself a disservice when you speak too broadly, but you're also doing your clients a disservice as well. Because when you speak to everyone, you really speak to no one. And you might have heard that saying before. It's super true. You look like an amateur at a lot of things and an expert at nothing. So let's focus on our dream people, our dream clients, and how we can elevate their lives beyond their wildest dreams. So personally for me, as a Western wedding photographer, I am speaking to a certain type of person. My content revolves around brides who are wearing cowboy boots under their wedding dress and they're getting married on their parents' ranch out in rural America somewhere. These types of people are usually the kind of people that, you know, drive trucks. They like to do stuff outdoors like camping and shooting guns and eating barbecue and they shop at Boot Barn or Cabela's and they, you know, go to cute Western boutiques and they aren't afraid to get a little dirty and they don't stress about the little things and they're super down to earth and I mean in a way it feels kind of like stereotyping but I mean I guess I'm like a walking stereotype because I literally like all of those things so <laughs> I know that there are other people out in the world that are like me too. Now I don't want to get into too much detail about your full-on marketing strategy because we could just be here all day but I do want to say that this goes beyond just Instagram. You can create an email list and send people weekly newsletters that provide them value Value or direct them to whatever other kind of content you create. Now, maybe that's a YouTube show or a podcast or a blog. You know, Instagram is kind of where people get introduced to your brand. It's just that handshake. And we start to build our familiarity with our people, our followers. But then when we can get them off of our Instagram and get them hanging around with us in other places too, that is where the magic happens. And no matter how you do it, you really want to make that one person, that one ideal client feel so seen and heard. When you do this, they are going to think, wow, Sally over here freaking gets me. She just read my mind. Versus when you try to just generalize stuff that covers more bases, you can't be as specific and no one is going to connect to it as deeply. Also, try to avoid 
avoid having a scarcity mindset. Um, You know, the mindset that if you niche down, you're limiting yourself and potentially losing business because that's just not true. And when you get laser focused and specific, your chances of booking more clients is going to go up. And not just that, but more of your dream clients, the ones that, you know, you know you can help the best and that you are just so passionate to work with. Okay, tip number three is to hold nothing back. So jumping back into the idea that there are no secrets in what you do, I want to reiterate that idea. I am a firm believer in just putting it all out there, whether that's pricing or answers to questions, the experience, whatever that might be. If you can answer a potential client's question before they even ask, they're going to feel super safe working with you because you're proving to them that you know what they are thinking about. You can have a, you know, FAQ page on your website or your on your pricing guide or both would be my suggestion. You could have that page or have a page that talks about your experience, um, what they should expect. And I mean, literally break down every single detail. And your pricing too, if you put your prices on your website, it's going to do a couple different things. One, it's going to weed out the people who can't afford you because they likely won't even inquire with you to begin with, which means you're going to waste less time going back and forth in emails just to have them say you're out of their budget. And if you see your, if they see your prices and packages on your website and they still inquire, then one, that's a good sign because you're in their budget, obviously. But now the only thing maybe holding them back from booking with you is that they're going to be comparing you to other people in the industry, most likely. So how do we make ourselves stand out from the rest? By answering all their questions, being over the top with information, and just showing how amazing it is to work with us. This is where showing your personality is super important and all these like three tips that I've already listed they all kind of work together as you may have noticed think about all those pain points that your ideal client is going through and think about the things that they want and how you can fix them and answer you know all those questions on social media answer them on your website your pricing guide in person on the phone literally show that you are one the one that they need because you are a pro and you can give them what they want marketing mindset is really just kind of like psychology in a sense people tend to buy from people or brands that feel familiar to them people that they like that they know they trust and they will buy when things feel the easiest or the quickest if you make the process to book with you feel super smooth and easy and like you can just take care of all the hard work they won't have much of a reason to turn you away so this next tip you know, for making sure clients don't ghost you is to make sure that you are not making them feel like you are ghosting them. Dang, that kind of feels like a tongue twister a little bit. I want you to think about, you know, your response time. Like how long does it usually take you to get back to an inquiry? How long does that take normally once you see that first email pop up? How long are you typically waiting to message them back? Like really be honest with yourself. And I know for me personally, I struggled with this a lot, especially in the beginning. I would see an email pop up and I honestly don't know if it was like I'd get nervous or what, but instead of just responding right away, I would wait like a few hours or even a full day, which kind of seems insane. Now, I'm all about having boundaries in your business and your personal life. And I'm not saying that you need to make it seem like your clients have access to you 24-7, even if that's like 3 a.m. or whatever. But I want you to just think about this. If they are inquiring with you, 
there's a good chance that they are also inquiring with someone else too. And more than likely, if the other person responds first, they will have the upper hand on you. Kind of, you know, going back to the concept of people book what is the easiest. And if your competitor jumps on it faster than you do, then they're going to be the easier option at that point. Honestly, I think the most ideal response time is probably within an hour or less, if possible. Now, again, I know some of you may be like, that's all fine and dandy, Sarah, but sometimes I literally cannot make that happen. What if I'm out running errands or I'm at a family event or something? I totally get it. And again, you have to set boundaries for sure. But there are some ways that you can actually still serve your clients without having to completely stop whatever you're doing in that moment. And we'll break those down. So the first thing is automation. Automation is a big one. And oh, how I love automating things in my business. You can do this in emails. You could even set up pre-written messages on like Facebook or Instagram, I believe. So that if someone sends you a message, the app will automatically respond however you want. And personally, I use HoneyBook to automate things in my business. When someone fills out my inquiry form, HoneyBook will just automatically send them a response email at whatever time setting I have plugged in to that particular workflow. And it can be five minutes after they inquire. It could be 30 minutes, an hour, like whatever that might be. And I have a pre-written inquiry template that gives all the info I want to give. It includes my, you know, attached pricing guide. And that way I never have to worry about my clients getting responded to. If automation scares you, you can also have it set to where all you have to do is just click like one button and the same thing happens, which is what I do on HoneyBook sometimes as well. And email templates are a big game changer too. You can keep them stored in HoneyBook or just on like a Word document or something, but I highly, highly recommend creating templates so that you do not have to take the time to keep trying or keep typing out the same exact information over and over again. And I've talked about HoneyBook before, and I will probably talk about it until the day I die, to be honest. I just love it that much. It's a game changer. So for a free trial and a discount, if you want to use HoneyBook, go to sarahelrod.com slash HoneyBook. That is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Elrod, E-L-R-O-D dot com slash HoneyBook. Okay, shameless plug. You could also just have something automatically sent to them that says like, hey friend, I'm so stoked to hear from you and I cannot wait to dive into all these details. Your inquiry is being reviewed and you can expect to hear from me in blank, insert realistic amount of time. Thank you. And if you do go that route, then you need to absolutely absolutely, absolutely make sure that you stick to whatever number it is that you plug in there. Do not put that you will get back to them within one hour if you cannot guarantee that you will get back to them within one hour. Put 24 hours or even 48 hours if necessary. I think it's okay to take the time to fully respond to an inquiry um, as long, you know, it's, it's okay to wait on it. Like you don't have to do it right away. As long as you let people know that you saw their message and that you're excited about it, that way they aren't left wondering if you even have it. And then the second little portion is the initial email and how important that really is. So keep in mind a few things with your very first email. 
this is going to really set the tone that you're going to have with your clients because even though they may have already experienced your brand like via your website or your social media, this is going to be really like their first one-on-one -on -one interaction with you. So make sure it feels like you, you know, you set some kind of expectation um, for what it's going to be like to chat with you from here on out if they book with you. And if you're going to go the automation route, I can't talk, the automation route or use a template, remember to make sure that you your email is not just gonna get sent in like 0.2 seconds after someone inquires because realistically, there is no way you can send an email response back to them that quick and it's gonna feel really fake if you have like a gigantic email like I do that gets sent to them literally the second they push send on your inquiry form. So just a little side note on that. Also, make sure that the words in the email sound like how you actually talk and it doesn't sound like you're just some professional robot. None of that, oh dear client, I am so pleased to hear from you and receive your inquiry, blah, 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 blah. No don't do that. Your email should have a very smooth transition from whatever type of speech is used on your website and on your social media. Both can be fun and bubbly or whatever your personality is. And then when they get that first email from you, they shouldn't be like shocked at how different it sounds. They should already somewhat have an expectation for how your tone is going to be in a sense. Okay, so my fifth and final tip for how to avoid getting ghosted is to follow up with your clients, but in a very intentional and sometimes a little passive aggressive way. Uh, this is only for the truly brave though. After I respond to a client's inquiry, I typically will give them about three days or so to message me back, and if I hear nothing, I will follow up with them and see if they have any questions about the pricing guide or the experience or anything else. If I still do not hear back from them, after another few days, I may send a slightly more passive-aggressive email that asks them again if they have any questions or thoughts, and sometimes I might even attach a funny little meme that shows I am waiting on them. For real, this, <laughs> this one I kind of just started doing not that long ago, and I kind of love my inner sassy side. Um, and if at that point, after another few days goes by and I still haven't heard anything, then I will send them the magic email. Now, the email, this one is a lot more uniform. It's less bubbly than my others. It's definitely just more straightforward and robotic in a sense, I guess you could call it that. And essentially, it just says something like, Dear insert name. Since I have not heard back from you, I am going to assume that you have decided to move in another direction and no longer are interested in my services. I will be removing your inquiry, happy planning, or insert whatever fits your industry. Signed, my name. Now, once that magic email is sent, usually someone responds with something like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Um, you know, they'll have, they'll explain their absence or why they didn't, you know, respond and then they'll either want to book like right then and there or you know they tell me that they did book someone else and that's fine or they might not respond at all at that point and I just delete them and move on. Now I think a lot of business owners underestimate the power of following up because I don't really even know why. I think we're just all scared that like we're going to be annoying if we keep reaching out to people. 
Um, on HoneyBook though, I can see when someone opens an email. So sometimes if I see that they're not opening up my emails, I will message them another way, either on Instagram or a phone call or a text message, just to make sure that my emails are actually getting to them and they're not just going to spam. And I also think it's important to present yourself as a professional and in a sense, demand them to make a decision. Okay, like demand might be a weird word to use. Obviously, it's not that aggressive, but putting the pressure on them, you know, of kind of like, hey, I see you, like, please make a decision one way or the other. Or like, if you're still thinking, that's fine. But just you need to let them know that they need to keep you in the loop. Otherwise, you're not going to just sit there and wait forever. And no matter what that is, it usually can work out in your favor. Um, if you if you follow up and, and add just a tiny little bit of a nudge in there. And I, just to be totally clear, I never believe in tricking someone to book with you or anything like that. I believe in being 100% fully upfront. If someone inquires with me and I don't think they're a good fit, I will straight up tell them that or I will, you know, recommend somebody that I think is. So this isn't about like, hey, let's put pressure on people so we can make more money and book them. No, that's not the case. But like, let's say it is like, our dream client is reaching out to us and you know maybe they're just kind of you know need that extra little that little nudge in there um because it's going to help an indecisive person like myself this is literally me uh, make their choice sooner than later versus just dragging it out be graceful obviously for people you never really know what's going on in their lives so don't get like pissy or too sassy or anything if they don't respond have empathy for them but again show your worth and what you can do for them and hopefully it will just prove to them that booking with you will remove their stress and they can move on to the next task at hand. All right, so we've gone through all five, but let's just quickly review because that was kind of a lot of information. So tip number one was to solidify your brand, really, really break down who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Tip number two is to speak to one person at a time. So when you are talking on social media, when you're writing emails, when you're doing literally anything, you want to make sure you are speaking to one particular person and making them feel like they are just on a pedestal in your life and that you are directing everything at just them and you're not trying to yell at 500,000 people. Tip number three is to hold nothing back. Do not hang on to those questions. Do not hang on to those fun resources that you're going to provide. Tell people your experience. Break it all down. Make it all super obvious what you're going to do. Don't worry that other business owners are going to come and copy you. Just put your blinders on and put it all out there for your clients to see. Tip number four, you need to be prompt if you want other people to be prompt. So make sure you are responding in a timely manner to people's emails and messages. And tip number five is to follow up with people. Make sure that if somebody doesn't respond to you, that you go in there and you send them another message or two if necessary, um, just to check in with them in case they forgot. Um, give people the, you know, like I said, the benefit of the doubt, but follow up with them because you never know maybe they lost the message or the email and they couldn't find it and they've been trying and you know we never really know so follow up with them remember guys ghosting does not reflect who you are as an individual or business owner or anything like that please do not think that oh my gosh they must hate me why do i suck or anything of that nature the truth is that when you do all of these little tips that we talked about in this episode you are likely still going to get ghosted from time to time and you know 
but a whole lot less for sure. But it still does happen. And sometimes it's not your fault. You can do everything right. And some people are just still price shopping or heck, you know, whatever. Just give them the benefit of the doubt because maybe they just got busy and forgot. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's show. I had so much fun going through these tips with you guys. And I hope they were so helpful and that you are able to stop getting ghosted as much in your business because nobody likes that. Um, I love getting to pop in every single week with you guys and, you know, give you these actionable strategies just like these so that you have, you know, things that you can work on every day in your business. If you guys have any episode requests for the future, then make sure to join the Facebook group, the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, and let me know what kind of episodes you want to see from me in the future or who I should have on a guest or any fun ideas you have like that. Also, make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at the Branded Cowgirl Podcast. Actually, Instagram is just at Branded Cowgirl Podcast. And subscribe to the show on whatever platform that you are listening to right now. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, preferably, or drop a five-star rating. That would be pretty cool, too. I love to read your kind words. They make me want to cry. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you next time, friends. See ya.